Welcome to Lutheran Stuff, No Drama. My name is Pastor Hoffman, and I'm really glad to have you here. For Lutheran Stuff, No Drama, we're going to begin a several-week project. It'll be studying the Book of Romans in only five to ten minutes at a time. So if you're looking for the super, super deep stuff, no. What this is meant to be is a devotional, a type of way to look at the Book of Romans or any other study we're doing in a way to get a good idea um, as to what it's about and to get an overview. You'll also notice that the outline we'll be following matches that of the Lutheran Study Bible. So it's easy to follow along and I, I recommend you have the Lutheran Study Bible because it's a wonderful resource. But for now, let's kick this off. As we get to the introduction, it's chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. We're going to begin with verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God in power according to the Spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to stop there at verse 7. We see a beginning. The letters addressed to the Romans, that is, to all that are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, in chapter 1, verse 7. From chapters 1, 8, and 16, and 19, it appears that the church at Rome existed for some time when St. Paul wrote this epistle. How? Well, who found it? Well, that's not entirely known, but evidently not by Paul. So when he wrote his letter, he had never actually been to Rome, and we'll go into that a little bit more in a later date. St. Paul wrote his epistle to the Romans early, we know, in about 58. It's clear, then, that neither St. Peter, which is always rumored to be uh, the founder of the Roman Church, nor St. Paul founded the church in Rome, nor have we any evidence to the effect that any other apostle was the founder either. It probably happened like this. Rome was an incredibly diverse population and had a large number of Jewish inhabitants in those days. Some of them were most likely in Jerusalem on the first day of Pentecost. We'll remember that that's the time that St. Peter preached his sermon and the Holy Spirit poured out over the people and they came to faith as they heard the gospel. And it was amazing that it was a time when they heard the gospel in their own languages. In all probability, some of these sojourners from Rome were among the 3,000 who were converted and baptized. These Roman converts would be very likely to carry the gospel back to Rome and, upon hearing the gospel, begin to grow in faithful followers. Now as we continue on, verse 8 begins, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. 
For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. This concludes the readings for today. St. Paul does a wonderful thing. He starts off by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Why? Because they had an amazing church growth program? Because they had a super duper youth service? Or because they were so outward reaching and, well, no. He thanks God through Christ Jesus because of their faith. Your faith is proclaimed in all the world. It's not just a, a niche market. It's not just a, a little corner, a little cult, a little sect. But the faith they have is going throughout the world. And he says, For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers. He's very, he's very excited to see the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in faith to these people. And he so desperately wants to go and visit them and bring them more good news, more preaching. And his calling to be a pastor, an apostle. And he even says, I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. He knows that even as uh, Jesus tells the parable of, of which weeds and, and which plants grow and which die, he knows that they still, they're showing signs of faith, but they need to have it continued. Good preaching, good teaching consistently. And, and as he'll teach us in, in Corinthians that the sacrament also must be a part of their life. So he, he, he tells them he wants to be there. I want to encourage you. And as he goes on, he tells us once again, his ministry has nothing to do with race. His ministry, it's wonderful that he says, I am under obligation to both the Greeks and the barbarians, which is kind of interesting because um, oftentimes the Germans were referred to as barbarians because they, the, the Romans heard them and they would hear them speaking German and they couldn't make heads or tails of it. And they thought they were saying, bar, bar. <laughs> but as St. Paul talks, he's, he's the gospel preacher for all who would listen. Gentiles, barbarians. And he even says to the wise and to the foolish, for those people who are wondering, am I smart enough to be a Christian? And you say, well, maybe not. But I'm, I know I'm foolish enough to be. <laughs> but he says to them, ultimately, in the end, I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also, not just other people, but to those of you who are in Rome. What a wonderful opening. I'm really looking forward to having this study with you 
each, each and every time. And as we end off here today, I want to say I look forward to you um, continuing on with this in our little bite-sized bits. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to lutheranstuff.nodrama at gmail.com. Thank you very much, and God's richest blessings on your day.